podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday on which Liverpool have announced a new contract for Harvey Elliott. A five-year deal that will keep Elliott tied to the club until 2027. I think this is a nice boost for everybody. Harvey's obviously a very talented young player with a bright future. He's been at the club now since the summer of 2019. I believe this is his third contract that he has signed. So similar to how things went with Trent when he was a young player, can you get that first contract, then you get another one, and then you'll get another one as you develop. Uh, Harvey signed a long-term deal last summer, then obviously had the horrific injury. You could argue that there was no real reason to sign him to a new deal, but it does show the club's faith in him. It shows that the club recognises his development as a player. I think it also shows him that regardless of who comes in, the club see him as a big part of the future. So that's all positive. Like I say, he's only 19. He won't turn 20 till April. So he is a kid. And he's already shown he can play at the Premier League level. He was outstanding in the championship and he has played well in most of his Premier League games when given the opportunity. Uh, Nine Premier League appearances for Liverpool so far, 22 in all competition. Did play 42 in his loan at Blackburn. uh, And that was after three when he played at Fulham, three senior appearances. So, you know, you're talking about a fellow with 68 senior appearances already. That's pretty good for a kid of his age. We've seen flashes of what he can do. We saw him come on against Fulham and have a big big impact on the game. I thought him and Darwin were the ones that really changed the game. Milner played well as well when he came on, but Harvey made real contributions that led to goals. Like It's his pass that creates the first goal. It's an outstanding bit of vision. He's not looking... He knows where Salah is and he plays the perfect pass into the gap. Salah gets onto it and sets up Darwin. But it all comes from Harvey's vision. If another player is in that position, the ball probably goes backwards. So, you know, you have to appreciate that he does have that little bit of creativity that we lack at times in midfield. His contract follows on from the Stefan Basetic contract, which was signed this week as well, getting both of them tied down to the club long term. 
a clear sign that regardless of whether they become starters or not, Jürgen sees them as part of the bigger picture in the long run. And you can't really argue against it based on what we've seen with both. I mean, in preseason, they were two of the most impressive players. Now, it is normal for young players to be among the most impressive in preseason. You normally see your young players and your really experienced players do well in preseason. The young players, because they want to make an impact and they want to show the manager, I can be part of this first team picture for the season, not just for preseason. And then your more experienced players, they just tend to know how to look after themselves that little bit better. You know, they've been in the game 10, 12, 14 years as pros. They don't really take an off season. When the season ends, they might have a week or two of downtime of holiday. And then they'll start ramping up on their own. And we see that with Milner. We saw Henderson was off at, who was he with? He was with, was it Danny Ings, Lalana, and somebody else that he was with uh, on holiday? And they were sort of doing their own little bits and pieces. Now, it didn't help his preseason performances. But you get my point. He wasn't having any sort of downtime. He was getting himself ready for preseason. Some players might just stroll in on the first day, haven't done a whole lot. I know they have had certain things that they have to do contractually, but some of them take it a lot more serious because they also know that at their age, they can't afford for their body to fall out of the rhythm of being active all the time. With young players, it's important to manage expectations. It's important to keep a lid on the hype. We have, at the moment, three young players that are exceptionally highly rated by the fan base right at this minute. Harvey, Fabio Carvalho and and Basetic. So it's important for Klopp to keep the momentum of their development going but also to just dampen down the fire a little bit. Because what we don't want is that people expect them to become great players. They become good players and people end up being disappointed. And start to underrate what they actually are. There's obviously a couple of others at the club as well that are massively rated. I think Young Clark is one that they have massive hopes for. Uh, for certain, Kate Gordon is one that they think could be very, very special. I think Musilowski's probably in that list as well, but there seems to be something a little bit weird with, with that kid and his relationship with the club. Whether or not he wants a bigger role, whether or not he feels he's ready for more and the club don't, I don't know. But there has been some talk about him going out on loan. Obviously, Fraundorf as well had some decent moments over pre-season and we've seen him in the under-21s look like a very talented player. So, you know, we do have this crop of young players. We do have to be careful with them. Not every kid is going to be Trent. Not every kid is going to be Steven Gerrard or Michael Owen or Robbie Fowler. You'll have to ignore Molly in the background. She is shouting at nothing. There's nobody outside, but she wants to make noise, and there's nothing I can do with it at this point. Um, not every kid is going to be one of those 
elite level youngsters. Think about it for a sec. Between Steven Gerrard breaking into Liverpool's first team and Trent breaking into Liverpool's first team, the best youngster our academy produces is probably Martin Kelly. Now, Martin Kelly has had a good career. He's a good Premier League player. But we went from McManaman, Fowler, Owen, Carragher, not as good as the rest, but was obviously you know, a, a very long-time servant of the club who played for years and years and left a very strong legacy behind him. And then Gerard, we had that group all come through in the space of about eight years. And then Trent didn't come through till almost 20 years later. It was about 18 years after Gerard that Trent appeared on the scene. And the best youngster we had in that 18 years was Martin Kelly. You know, there's not often you'd look at other clubs and be really jealous about things. But when you take a look at the Chelsea Academy, I mean, if we had that academy, if we could produce that volume of Premier League caliber players to be both squad depth for ourselves and players we could sell on to bring in more revenue to then funnel back into the first team. And you know, every so often you get a Reese James, a Mason Mount, or or whatever. I mean, just think of the fact that at one point their academy had Mason Mount, who if he went on the market today, he's probably eighty million. Given, you know, he's a twenty three year old English attacking midfielder, proven goal scorer, decent creative uh, creativity, his versatility, really hard worker. He's a top, top player. Um, at the same time, they had Reese James, obviously, the second best right back in the league, probably. Um, a very good player, one who has immense dynamism, could play on the right side of a midfield and, and absolutely dominate games. Not as good as Trent, but the closest thing there is. Uh, and if he was on the market, he'd probably be another eighty million pound footballer. At that same time, they also had Declan Rice, who they they released. Now he's had to work hard to get where he is, but if he goes in the market at any time soon, it'll be a hundred million. Now I think that's overpriced for him. I think you know fifty million is probably fairer, but he is English. He's an automatic starter for the English national team, and he is a very very good midfielder. But they also had Jamal Musiala. And if he went on the market today, it'd be well over 100 million. He is absolutely ridiculous. And they also had Michael Elise. At one point, they had those five players, all of whom have the potential to be 100 million pound footballers. And they had Mark Wehi and they had Tamori and they had Colwell and Harvey Vale and Tammy Abraham and so on and so on and so on. If we had an academy that could produce talent at that level, it would be incredible. But we don't. Now, obviously London helps, but we have to find workarounds. So one of the workarounds we find is Basetic. Bringing him in was at Celta Vigo. 
Clark from Newcastle, Gordon from Derby, the two boys from Fulham, Fraundorf from Germany, Musilowski from Poland. We have to be recruiting at academy level because we're not producing local youngsters on a regular basis. Now, neither are ever. If you look at the best youngsters to come out of the Liverpool region in the last five, six years, Trent, Curtis, Anthony Gordon, Joe Gellhart, and I think there's a kid at United, James Garner. Now, he hasn't even made uh, a mark at United yet. was very good last year. The city of Liverpool just doesn't seem to be producing young players in the volume that they used to. And the surrounding area, because obviously Garner is from Birkenhead. But the Merseyside region just doesn't seem to have that pool of talent right now. And that's what makes... Us getting a Harvey, a Fabio, uh, a Stefan, getting these lads in makes it more important for us, keeping them, developing them, and being careful with them so as not to overplay them, not to put them under too much pressure. And try and make sure that they become the best versions of themselves, both for their own sake and for the sake of the club. What else do we have today? This is Anfield has a piece up about the 21 Liverpool managers in history there's also a really good piece by Joanna Durkin uh, about Riley Foster the Liverpool women's goalkeeper who had a horrible horrible accident and broke her neck so do give that one a read it is absolutely worthy of your time uh, Bernardo Silva is crying again. He says that City don't get the credit they deserve. Matthias Nunes to Liverpool transfer rubbished by local journalists. So let's have a quick dip into this one. Loads of smoke coming out of Portugal right now about Liverpool and Matthias Nunes. Now, Paul Joyce came out this morning in an article and said Liverpool are not pursuing a deal for Sporting's number eight. He put that in an article about Harvey Elliott's contract. He's not going to say in an article about Harvey Elliott's contract, yeah, they're trying to sign him. Let's also remember that Paul Joyce was fairly well out of the loop about Darwin Nunes until it was basically done knew nothing about Luis Diaz. People who were on Twitter in a Twitter space knew about the Luis Diaz deal before Paul Joyce and James Pierce and all the rest woke up frantically one morning and had to scramble to get info out. James Pierce said on Twitter last night, um, something along the lines of he'd reported that Liverpool weren't interested and as far as he was aware, that was still the same situation. Now, poor old Jimbo has been well out of the loop for about six years now. 
uh, ever since his misbehaviour in America in 2016. But people started to, you know, clap back at him a little bit and say, well, hang on a sec. Why would we believe you? Let's look at your track record. You openly said Liverpool weren't going to sign Luis Diaz. You said they wouldn't pay the money because he'd only be a squad player. Well, they paid the money and he automatically became a starter. You said Nat Phillips was leaving on the same day he signed a new contract. And more importantly, and more sort of linked to something like this, more relevant to something like this, um, on the 16th of September 2020, in a Q&A on The Athletic, James Pierce was, you know, answering questions from Liverpool fans. And he said, and I quote, At this stage, sources at both ends, sorry, the question was, do we need to sell before we buy or would FSG sanction a move for Thiago come the end of the transfer window either way? What does the hold up with Thiago relate to? Space in the squad, funds or both? So those are two questions he was asked. At this stage, September 16th, at this stage, sources at both ends are adamant that no negotiations between Liverpool and Bayern Munich over a fee for Thiago have taken place. The only contact has been with the Spain International's representatives. Why? Firstly, I've been told Liverpool would only make a move for Thiago if another central midfielder was to leave. Finance is also an issue. September 16th. September 17th on the official Liverpool website. Liverpool have agreed a deal to sign midfielder Thiago Alcantara from Bayern Munich. Why would anyone take what he has to say seriously? Why? Why would you bother? I'm sure he's a very nice man. But a reliable source on transfer information? No. No. Liverpool.com. Liverpool can't deny new season boost as Pep Linders knows that new weapon, oh, knows new weapon that aids Fabio Carvalho. Uh, three Liverpool contracts and four more calls give Jurgen Klopp edge as Harvey Elliott confirmed. Barcelona could be set to Liverpool another favour and made. 46 million Man City claim. This is Bernardo Silva, I assume. Liverpool could solve Thiago injury crisis by re-signing former Jurgen Klopp favourite, Pedro Chiravella. Now, Pedro Chiravella has gone on to do well for himself um, since moving to Nantes. Established himself as first choice there last year played a vital role in helping them win the French Cup. Made 11 appearances for us. Five in the 15-16 season. Then he spent 16-17 on loan at Go Ahead Eagles and did well there. 
Then he spent 17, 18 on loan at Willem Tway. Didn't kick a ball in 18, 19 at senior level. And then in 1920, he played six games across the two cups. I'm not sure you could class him as a Jurgen Klopp favorite. Um, Chiravella is a good player. He is better off staying as far away from Liverpool as he can. Uh, go and have your career. Don't make short-term moves for a handful of games. Liverpool transfer for 42 million star who loves Cristiano Ronaldo makes sense as offer ready. It's Jeremy Pino. I, I don't know if it 100% makes sense. I feel like he needs more game time than he'd get at Anfield, but he is, he is immensely talented. He can play either wing. He prefers playing on the right, even though he's right-footed. He's not one of those that likes to play on the opposite wing. Um... I mean, if, if we signed them, you wouldn't be upset. You really wouldn't be upset. Liverpool should have easy 51 million transfer decision made for them after double Orby Leipzig prompt. Uh, this is about... This is about Christopher and Kunku. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe we'll sign them next summer. I, I have doubts that we will. I'd love them, but I just don't think it'll happen. Liverpool 38 million transfer bid imminent as Manchester United chase Jurgen Klopp target. Um, Cody Gakpo is apparently the target. I, do, I don't believe that he is actually a target for us. I think he's probably someone we've looked at because he is talented, but he's not of the level we need. Like He's been linked to Leeds and Wolves. That's his level right now. United are closer to that level than our level. Um... 38 million bid imminent. That is about Matthias Nunes. Um, that is it. Uh, there is a piece on Empire of the Cop. Empire of the Cop apparently now is on Substack rather than having... A, a, I don't know what is going on. But there is the worst article I've read in quite some time on Empire of the Cop about why the 90% of Liverpool fans... Now, the 90% was taken from a poll on Empire the Cops Twitter feed, uh, do Liverpool need another midfielder? And 90% of, of a substantial amount of people who voted said yes. And this helmet said, no, you're wrong. And his reasoning was spectacular. Genuinely spectacular. So he starts off by saying we have five fit midfielders right now. That's not true. We don't. Because Fabio Carvalho isn't a midfielder. Then he said Curtis Jones will be back soon. From what Klopp has said and the fact that he's in a space boot walking around, he's got a stress fracture in his foot. So he won't be back anytime soon. Then he said none of our midfielders are going to the World Cup because Casemiro starts over Fabinho for Brazil, as if only 11 players go to the World Cup for each country. Uh, he said Henderson wasn't going because he was behind Rice and Phillips. Yeah, he'll still go to the World Cup, uh, as will a couple of others. The World Cup is obviously months away as well. And then he really started to struggle. He said that we could play Trent in midfield. Right, so you're going to play him out of position where he's not going to be as good or as effective and weaken us at right back. 
Then he said Bobby could play in the midfield three. Then he named Basetic, then he named Frauendorf. So two kids and two lads that don't play in midfield. And eventually, in what can only be described as a desperate swing before he hit the canvas, he suggested that if all came to all, we could play Jay Spearing. I mean... I, I, listen, <laughs> you do you. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, we have two new podcasts. They are both outstanding because I'm on both. There's a new old school entitled The Hunt for a Midfielder, myself and Young Tandon. Tandon's been busy this week, podcast. That's two in a week. He's finally stopped pretending he's busy at work and he's actually going to spend some time with us, folks. And then myself and Carl were joined by Guy and making his podcast debut, Mac Lundberg. You'll know him as WGM Lund from social media and our Discord. And we did a FPL draft. So snake draft style, picking squads of 15, no budget, none of that nonsense, just picking squads of 15 as a snake draft. And uh, I got the best team. That's just how it is. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.